The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine. The Long and Winding Road. I'm afraid to talk, Andrew, because I might be drowned out by a massive choir at any time. What? Uh, what? I, don't, I said... I don't. Hey, I can't hear you. <sighs> this is the bell. Get me out of this uh, thing. Oh, boy. Oh, no. He's he's in a box. Ah! He's the only world's only talking mime. Oh, my God. There's a, How many harpists are there? <laughs> you uncredited harpists. Get out of here. <laughs> The ballad that broke up the Beatles. All right, there was a lot of things that ended the Beatles, but man, there was a lot of fussing and feud over the song. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Over such an average tune. That's a mm. real shame. No matter who produced it, The Love and Winding Road doesn't do it for me. It leaves me standing here, so to speak. Uh, that's partially because yeah. I tend to associate, associate it with the similar but much better title track to Let It Be since they're both on the album. And I think John's ridiculous takedown of Let It Be is more applicable to this song in that it could have easily been Wings. And yeah, that's a dick. So I think when people say, like, Paul is just pure schmaltz, sappy, sanguine, like, Silly I think it's yeah. real. It's, yeah, like, it's because of this song. Now, look, like, Spectre did him absolutely no favors by, like, adding the grandiose choir and orchestra. Like, he's, try- he's trying to draw every emotion out of, the, out of the listener with this song to cover up, like, what is a, like, a, a mediocre recording, too. Um, but it's, it's far too much. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, he threw everything in the kitchen sink here. And this is why I think, like, Spectre gets, like, the rub for a really poor production like even the naked version like just make it sound like a sappy ballad like like it's basically a proto version of my love Mm. like you make a good point it's striking it's striking the same vein as let it be but that's far superior a song this one just doesn't lift off the ground in any way no matter how hard specter is trying to get it there does not go to the heavens here in any way so, 14 female vocalists, all uncredited on, on the Spectre. Uh, John said, Paul again, he had a little spurt just before we split. I think the shock of Yoko Ono and what was happening gave him a creative spurt, including Let It Be and Along the Winding Road, because that was the last gasp from him. Oh, boy. Oof. Uh, the song was started out as a simple McCartney ballad written in Scotland in 1968. Uh, Paul said, I was a bit flipped out and tripped out at that time. It's a sad song because it's all about the unattainable, the door you never quite reach. This is the road that you never get to the end of. That's, that's rough. Yeah. Um, the song was written with Ray Charles in mind, although McCartney acknowledged that the similarities were well hidden. Which is interesting, because I think George Harrison said he had Ray Charles in mind when he wrote mm-hmm. something. Did Ray Charles get songwriting credit for either of these songs? No. 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 Paul offered the song to Tom Jones, 
On the condition, the singer released it as his next single. In Tom Jones's recollection, he was forced to turn it down since his record company were about to issue Without Love as a single. That's, That's not unusual. Mm. <laughs> in an interview in 1994, McCartney said, It's a rather sad song. I like writing sad songs. It's a good bag to get into because you could actually acknowledge some deeper feelings of your own and put them in it. It's a good vehicle. It saves having to go to a psychiatrist. Paul, you can afford okay, a psychiatrist. <laughs> it's not one or the other. Ah, uh, man. The Beals rehearsed the longer I wrote on a number of occasions during the Let It Be filming sessions at Twickenham in early January 69. By the time they entered Apple Studios later in the month, they were familiar with the song. The unadored song can be heard on Anthology 3, complete with a multitude of bass guitar errors by John Lennon. Mm -hmm. In truth, the song was little more than a run-through with little care given to making it perfect. When Phil Spector worked on the Let It Be tracks in March and April 1970, he overdubbed strings in a choir, arranged and conducted by Richard Hewson. I wonder if he's related to Bono, uh, who is, of course, Paul Hewson. That's his real name. Ringo also ah, yes. played drums on the April 1st session. April Fools! The overdubs were intended to mask the original version's shortcomings. This wasn't without its hazards, however. Brian Gibson, the technical engineer, said on a long winding road, he wanted, meeting Spectre, to overdub orchestra and choir, but there weren't the available tracks on the tape, so he wiped one of Paul McCartney's two vocal tracks in order to put the orchestra on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Paul McCartney singing on this? Wipe. Oh my god. You're out of here. <laughs> Spectre made various changes. Uh, his most dramatic embellishments occurred on April 1st, 1970, as I just said. The only member of the Beatles present was Ringo, who played drums with session musicians. Already known for his eccentric behavior in the studio, Phil Spectre was in a peculiar mood that day according to balance engineer Peter Bone. He wanted tape echo on everything, Peter Bone said. He had to take a different pill every half hour, and he had, and had his bodyguard with him constantly. He was on the point of throwing a wobbly, saying, I want to hear this, I want to hear that, I must have this, I must have that. The orchestra became so annoyed by Spectre's behavior that the musicians refused to play any thirder. At one point... Bone left for home, forcing Spectre to telephone him and persuade him to return after Ringo had told Spectre to calm down. Ringo could calm anybody down. Mm -hmm. Spectre nonetheless succeeded in overdubbing The Long and Winding Road. Uh, the lush orchestral, orchestral treatment was in direct contrast to the Beatles' stated intentions for a quote-unquote real recording when he began work on Get Back. On April 2nd, that's the next day, Spectre sent each of the Beals an acetate of the completed album with a note saying, If there's anything you'd like done to the album, let me know and I'll be glad to help. If you wish, please call me about anything regarding the album tonight. All four of the band members sent him their approval by telegram. According to author Peter Doggett, McCartney had felt the need to accommodate his bandmates when accepting Spectre's version of Let It Be. However, following his announcement of the Beatles' breakup at a press release accompanying the release of his debut solo, solo album, McCartney, on April 9th, that's one week later, he came to resent Spectre's yeah. additions, particularly on The Longer Winding Road. Uh, 
His thoughts were captured in an interview given to the London Evening Standard newspaper. You were, you were saying, you wanted to say something? No, it's it's pretty funny because like he's saying like here here's an acetate tell me what you think of it tonight like you have you have one day you have one evening to let me know what you want changed to this album like what is this an episode of 24 or something like i feel like they're holding he's holding them hostage like i know he has guns like come on now and he's like you know my name look up the number like also like what are you gonna do Andrew, you froze. Uh, sorry, uh, I'm having internet issues because I'm having a storm. Yeah, it's getting dark here. Uh, sorry. Um, so I'm sorry. I, th- I missed. I think you made a a uh, a joke about look at my name. Yes. Okay. Feel free to mute me of saying because that was funny. Okay. Very funny. Not funny. Um, okay. His thoughts were captured in an interview given to the London Evening Standard newspaper. Paul, Paul said the album was finished a year ago, but a few months ago, American record producer Phil Spector was called in by John Lennon to tidy up some of the tracks. A few weeks ago, I was sent a, sent a remixed version of my song, The Long and Winding Road, with harps, horns, and an orchestra and women's choir added. No one had asked me what I thought. I couldn't believe it. I would never have female voices on a Beatles record. The record came with a note from Alan Klein, saying, their manager, saying he thought the changes were necessary. I don't blame Phil Spector for doing it, but it just goes to show that it's no good me sitting here thinking I'm in control, because obviously I'm not. Anyway, I've sent Klein a letter asking for some of the things to be altered, but I haven't received an answer yet. Never have female voices on a Beatles record? <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah, come on. Yes, there's literally female voices on this record. Yeah, and he's a, quote-unquote allowed female voices on Beatles records before and of course you've allowed your wife on on Beatles records Mm -hmm. I'll let it be yes the letter was reproduced in the anthology book it was addressed to Alan (laughs) Klein at Apple Court and dated April 14th 1970 dear sir in future no one will be allowed to add to or subtract from a recording of one of my songs without my permission I considered orchestrating the long and winding road but I decided against it I therefore, therefore want it altered to these specifications. Number one, strings, horns, voices, and all added noises to be reduced in volume. Number two, vocal and beetle instrumentation to be brought up in volume. Number three, harp to be removed completely at the end of the song and original piano notes to be substituted. Number four, don't ever do it again. Signed, Paul McCartney. And five, fuck you. <laughs> Despite Paul's pro- protestations, protestations, Let It Be was released a month later with Spectre's augmentation still in place. Sir George Martin supported McCarty's objections, claiming that the work had been done without his knowledge or involvement, and saying they were so uncharacteristic of the Beals' reputation. And George Martin said a bunch of stuff, but the best one was, I said, I produced the original, and what you should do is have a credit saying, produced by George Martin, overproduced by Phil Spectre. Ooh! Kapow! Glenn Johns, who was denied a production credit by John Lennon, later described Spectre's embellishments as revolting, just puke. McCartney. Well, it was like totally unlike, like it wasn't what they wanted. Like that wasn't the intended goal, Mm-mm. or it wasn't Paul's intended goal. Let's be fair. The other guys, I don't know if they cared or not, but like. No. 
McCartney asked Alan Klein to dissolve the Beatles' partnership, but was refused. Exasperated, he took the case to the High Court in London in early 1971, naming Klein and the other Beatles as defendants. Among the six reasons McCartney gave for dissolving the Beatles was that Klein's company, ABKCO, had imposed changes to the long and winding road without consulting McCartney. It is written affidavit. Star countered, Ringo Starr countered this statement by saying that when Spectre had sent acetates of Let It Be to each of the Beatles, with a request also for feedback, we all said yes. Even at the beginning, Paul said yes. I spoke to him on the phone and said, did you like it? And he said, yeah, it's okay. He didn't put it down. Ringo added, and then suddenly he didn't want it to go out. Two weeks after that, he wanted to cancel it. Author Nicholas Schaffner commented that in light of McCartney's contention in the High Court, it was surprising that Paul personally accepted the band's Grammy Award for Let It Be in March of 1971, when the album won the category Best Original Score Written for a Motion Picture or Television Special, and that he chose to feature his wife Linda's voice so prominently on his post-Beatles recordings. Speaking to music journalist Richard Williams soon after the overdubbing sessions, Phil Spector said he had asked, whether any of the Beatles would like to help him produce the album, but none of them had wanted to. He later said he was forced into orchestrating the long and winding road to cover the poor quality of Lennon's bass playing. Spectre also denied McCartney was not consulted, saying he had first contacted McCartney about the choice of musical arrangement. Spectre, for his part, was unrepentant, adopting a typically combative approach. Phil Spectre said, Paul had no problem picking up the Academy Award for the Let It Be movie soundtrack, nor did he have any problem using my arrangement of the string and horn and choir parts when he performed it during 25 years of touring on his own. If Paul wants to get into a pissing contest about it, he's got to be mixed up with someone who gives a shit. And to- That's a great quote. And also, like, it's thundering here, which is clearly the uh, appropriate for this song and <laughs> the relationship everyone was having at the time. In 2009, Paul had Phil Spector thrown in prison. Look it up. Uh, the Love of Road was released as a U.S. single on May 11, 1970, with For You Blue as the B-side. And of course, McCartney eventually got his way on uh, well, Let It Be Naked. Mm-mm-mm-mm. There's a lot. Of, okay, we're almost, we're almost done here. According to Williams writing his book, Phil Spector, Out of His Head, Spector's mistake was in taking McCartney at his face value and emphasizing the sentimental qualities that George Martin's orchestral arrangements for the Beatles had successfully tempered. Williams added, some might say that this track, above all others, epitomizes Paul McCartney and that when Spector sent the saccharine string sweeping in after the first line of vocal, he was merely highlighting the reality. That's a good point. Uh... As McCartney had originally envisaged, Ray Charles recorded a cover version in 1971, released on Volcanic Action of My Soul. A live vocal of Ray, as described in the liner notes to Ray Sings Bassy Swings, was later overdubbed with the Count Basie Orchestra and issued on that 2006 album. Aretha Franklin released a recording of the song on her 1972 album, Young, Gifted, and Black, a version that Rolling Stone writer Rob Sheffield calls the greatest of all Beatle covers. It's, it's pretty good. Cilla Black released a version on her 1973 George Martin-produced album Day by Day with Cilla. Cilla. McCartney described this recording as a definitive version of the song. George Martin had a 1999 performance of the song at the Royal Albert Hall Memorial Concert for Linda McCartney. and There was a 2010 performance 
at the White House by Faith Hill when Barack Obama gave McCarty the Gershwin Prize. And, of course, in 1985, a recording by Billy Ocean <laughs> peaked at number 24 on Billboard's adult contemporary chart. Get out of my dreams and into my car where we would drive the long and winding road. Hey, you. Hey. Yes, you. Get into my car. Okay. Yes, you. Could it be? Then who? Love Counts. I love that Zero. <laughs> Josie Scales. Is this song better than your love, Betty Hotfield? Absolutely not. I give this a Josie. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's a Josie. I'm sorry, Paul. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot. So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh, yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine.